The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Welcome to Life Matters. I'm your host, Brendan O'Connell. Uh, today we have a very distinguished guest that has traveled all the way from Norwood, Massachusetts to Boston. And her name is Diane O'Toole. She's the executive director of the Boston Center for Pregnancy Choices. Well, welcome, Diane. Thank you. Diane, first of all, I, I often ask, how, how did you get involved in the Right to Life movement? So it's, it's actually kind of a long story, but I'll make it as short as possible. Uh, when I was um, five and a half months pregnant, I was in England because my husband was um, from England originally, and we went to visit friends and family. Mm -hmm. So we figured that was the last time we could go for a while with the baby due. Mm -hmm. My water broke on the airplane coming from London to Boston they wow. diverted the plane to Newfoundland, Canada, oh my and goodness. my daughter was born in St. John's at one pound, 13 ounces, 26 weeks gestation. Wow. And it was a roller coaster ride. This was 28 years ago, and whether she would live or die, they've right. had real, um, you know, it's a, a lot of changes in, in technology and medicine since then. but. Um, it was really touch and go, and they gave me about a 15% chance that she would live. Mm -hmm. Did you say 26 or 28 weeks? 26 weeks. 26, okay. Gestation. Because back then that was kind of borderline. Now yes. it borderlines about 23 or 4 weeks. Mm -hmm. So 26 weeks was a, a borderline, and you're out there in uh, where, Newfoundland? or In Newfoundland, St. John's, Newfoundland. Wow. It's like the Alaska of the Northeast. So uh, how far along in the flight? I mean, that's what, a six, four, like so four hours? So it was about midway through the flight. Midway through the flight? But my water had started leaking, uh -huh. and then it actually broke. Oh, okay. And so we were up there in St. John's. Um, my daughter was, as I said, one pound, 13 ounces. And just before she was med flighted home, we were up there about a month, and just before she could be med flighted home, they tried to um, give her an IV because she had gotten infected, she had an infection. Uh -huh. And when they're little like that, their little veins collapse when they try to get IVs in them. Ooh. And so the doctor came out and, and said, we have one more vein to try, and if this doesn't work, getting the IV in, your daughter's gonna die. And I got down on my knees in that waiting room and I said, Lord, if you let this baby live, I promise I will bring her up to know you and to love you. And I didn't even know what that meant. Mm -hmm. 
it did work. She came home. She was med-flighted to Children's and then at Newton Wellesley. And um, I started taking her to church. So was she in the NICU unit here? She was for in the NIC unit in St. John's for a month. For a month. And the NIC unit at uh, Children's for about three weeks. And then in the, in the secondary level care nursery in Newton Wellesley for another three weeks. Mm-hmm. So she came home. She, she was born on March 5th, and she came home on June 10th. I mean, um, she was due on June 10th. She came home um, Memorial Day weekend. So that's good when the babies come home before their original due date. Oh, is that right? Okay, mm-hmm. very interesting. So, uh, so that began my journey. Um, I, I say, to be honest, that God himself taught me um, the importance of life and mm-hmm. life in the womb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, now uh, you're involved with a pregnancy center here in Boston. Tell me about that. What? Uh, when did it begin? And uh, have you had any ups and downs and that oh, sort yeah. of thing? <laughs> it's been a very tumultuous uh, couple of years, actually. So I've been the executive director for the Boston Center for Pregnancy Choices now um, for about just just over two years. Mm-hmm. And I became the director, of course, a year ago with Roe v. v. Wade being overturned. Yes. Um, there was a, a lot of opposition to pregnancy resource centers, both before and after, which was really a Well, when you say before, you mean when they leaked the, uh, the, Kavanaugh, was it the Kavanaugh report? Yes. Uh, uh, which was very unusual. Yeah. And of course, they, you know, <laughs> the other side, we, we never seem to know uh, who it was that leaked, uh, which to me is criminal that they can't, you know, it, it cast dispersions on the U.S. Supreme Court that, you know, that. Mm-hmm. But um, so they, so basically, uh, they used uh, pregnancy centers as a target then. Yeah, and it was amazing to me because pregnancy resource centers um, have traditionally been very peaceful, non-political, um, really there just to help people. And it amazes all of us in the pregnancy resource center world that we have 99% satisfaction rates among our clients and 100% at the Boston Center, um, in their exit surveys, the clients say that they would refer a friend to our center. So a lot of the allegations... They would refer a friend? Yeah. Oh, okay. So a lot of the allegations that have been promulgated against us in, you know, some even by our local officials and national officials, um, are just simply untrue. For example, they say that we don't keep information safe on the clients. We, we are HIPAA compliant, and so we very strongly make sure that we keep all information private and mm-hmm. safe. And any of our centers that are medical, that perform ultrasounds as well, they all are overseen by medical professionals that are licensed, and some are actual clinics, and others are just overseen by the licensed medical professionals, licensed nurses, licensed doctors, and it's very, um, you know, we're very 
integrity oriented. Mm -hmm. um, we we um, you know meet all the laws of the state and of the nation. So a lot of these allegations are just amazing to me that that they're Sounds even like because they're baseless. There's no specifics. There's mm -hmm. nothing to back it up. In fact. Um, we just had a, um, because the public can request if, if, for public information, if there are any allegations against the centers. Mm -hmm. And so we requested public information from the Attorney General's office if they've received any uh, complaints and allegations. And they came back with none. So wow. um, coming back with none when um, the Attorney General, who's now the governor, had she had um, issued a consumer advisory warning based on no facts. Hmm. Well, that's and uh, I, um, you know, I know Tom Glessner. Uh, I see him about once a quarter. <laughs> so I'm at the National Right to Life Convention, and he heads up NIFLA. Uh, I forget what the acronym stands for, but... National Institute of Family Life Advocates. I see. And they won a, a huge case uh, at the United States Supreme Court on this very topic that the, the Massachusetts is trying to promulgate now. Well, actually, the topic that they won the case on was about sidewalk counselors mm -hmm. and... What about free speech? And having the sidewalk counselors a certain distance from the, the uh, Planned Parenthood and other abortion centers, so that it was so far that the sidewalk counselors were subjected to yelling, <laughs> and they didn't want to be doing that, rather than just talking kindly to, to people that were going in. I thought it was uh, forced uh, advertising and things of that nature. Well, that Whereas was, that was the, actually El that was in California. El Eleanor McCullen had a decision mm -hmm. here regarding the sidewalk and yeah. and the uh, buffer zone. I will call it. Yes. Uh, and her her case won at the U.S. Supreme Court. It yes. lost in all the federal courts here because we have liberal judges, leftist mm. judges. But at, at the Supreme Court, it won. And, uh, so you're talking about the California case, which had both, actually. So the, the second part of the California case was what you say, that um, pregnancy resource centers in, in their law were being forced to put signs up saying that they don't perform abortions. But yet, the abortion clinics weren't being forced to put signs up that um, they don't provide resources like the pregnancy resource centers do. And one of the resources that we also provide is after abortion healing counseling, with, which people don't really realize as well. We provide free pregnancy tests, options counseling, and um, we do ultrasound referrals. Um, we don't perform ultrasounds currently in Boston. The Boston Center has in the past. We don't currently now. We'd like to in the future, but we. Um, Is there anywhere in the suburbs then? You're talking just the city of Boston, but what about the suburbs? Are there, are there ultrasounds there? Yes. So, uh, for example, your options medical and Revere, they perform ultrasounds. So we refer a lot of our clients there and to other pregnancy resource centers that have ultrasounds on site. Um, 
interestingly enough, we actually get some referrals from Planned Parenthood. Um, mm -hmm. we, I just had a call on Monday from a woman who said that Planned Parenthood in, in Manhattan referred her to us because she's seven months pregnant, she wants to keep her baby, and they, ha they don't have any resources to help her. So she, they sent her in our direction because we provide um, a lot of material resources. We provide diapers, wipes. We, we set people up with housing if they don't have housing. We also um, clothing. Have, have clothing. We have supporting churches that will throw baby showers for individuals. We have mothers in training programs. We have fathers in training programs. We also have mentoring programs for new mothers and, and fathers. And um, one of the allegations is that you know we care about just the baby, but that's not true. We care about the whole family unit. And um, we've even done things like paid people's rent for the month um, mm. or, or paid for even driving lessons for one of our clients because she needed a license in order to get a job. So we um, really do a variety of um, service to the community that um, our clients realize, but I think is a, a well-kept secret. And we've been around for, it'll be 40 years um, next year. We're celebrating our 40-year wow. anniversary. Fantastic. And in that time, we have provided services for thousands of clients and material resources of over millions of dollars that are free to the community, that um, we don't get any state or federal funding for. It's 100% it's privately funded by our um, loyal donors and by our supporting churches. Mm -hmm. And, and many churches in Boston, uh, especially the huge churches, such as Park Street, Lion of Judah, um, uh, there's a Lutheran church in downtown Boston, the Chinese church in Boston, they are all supporting churches of the Boston Center for Pregnancy Choices. Yeah, well, that's wonderful news. Yes. Now, very disturbing uh, that this um, governor that we now have and legislature uh, has put forth that we, the taxpayers, are going to spend a million dollars a year attacking pregnancy resource centers. How can they justify themselves, I guess? That's, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's almost it's illogical. Again, there's no basis for that. So my understanding is that million dollars of taxpayer money is appropriated to the Department of Public Health. And that again, there are no allegations, there are no specific allegations from any um, client that has gone to a pregnancy resource center that we have done anything um, to you know, violate their information, to not have appropriate ultrasounds, um, not have medical doctors, not have licensed nurses, but those are the allegations against us. And it's interesting because I, I read in the newspaper recently that there's a lawsuit that was filed against Clearway Clinic 
for uh, Pregnancy Resource Center in Worcester for not detecting an e ectopic pregnancy um, soon enough. And, and even the medical centers don't do um, ultrasounds that early on if the person doesn't have any symptoms. So um, it's interesting that that wasn't filed with the Attorney General's office, but was filed in court because it's in the public opinion. So it's the court of public opinion, and I can't speak to the specifics of that case because mm -hmm. I don't know the, the details, but I do know that it's really interesting that there are all these so-called allegations against us, but there aren't any reports to the Attorney General's office mm -hmm. against the Pregnancy Resource well, Centers. And I bet if you looked, if there are any mistakes made or any claims against the um, abortion centers, there would be several. Mm -hmm. I know Donna Harrison, she was the president of uh, APLOG, Micro Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists. And the other side tried to, um, tried to say that, uh, uh, that the tubule, you just mentioned the, the type of pregnancy, that ectopic. ectopic, which is about 1% of pregnancies, maybe as high as two, possibly. But uh, to, to, uh, that would be a case of saving the mother's life. Uh, and that's, so it's not an abortion. And also, Correct. she Donna said, miscarriages are not an abortion. Correct. And really, it's intent. The intent to kill a child is an abortion when, when you look at it. And uh, uh, so I'm, you know. <laughs> and I mean, it's interesting because when I was um, younger, we were told it's just a clump of cells and it's not a life. Now, technology has grown so much that my daughter is pregnant right now, my oh. oldest daughter, the preemie that uh -huh. I mentioned. Yeah. She's currently pregnant, and they showed me this little ultrasound they had when she was nine weeks, and you can see the baby's heartbeat in the ultrasound. Can you really? So it... it, it can you hear it, or you'd need a stethoscope it, to well, hear it? Well, they, they've heard it now, but when they had the ultrasound, um, they could see it. They could see the oh, heartbeat. Wow. And I, they might have heard it then, too, but they just showed me the ultrasound because they took a little video of it. And wow. with, with um, medicine um, such as that and technology such as we have now, it's, it's really hard to deny that, that what is in the womb is a, not a baby. Right, right. Well, I wanted to ask you also now, uh, this legislature, which is uh, current, the current uh, legislature in Massachusetts, which is very pro-abortion, uh, they have a couple of bills. They have House Bill 377 that's going to be discussed uh, the last week of uh, July, I believe. Can you tell us about that bill? What's that all about? And, uh... Sure. So there, because of the allegations, like I said, that are baseless, um, particularly speaking to that we don't provide confidential information on our clients, which all of the pregnancy resource centers that I know do. 
and including ourselves, like I said, we're HIPAA compliant. And um, so it really just, the law states that all the pregnancy resource centers have to provide um, you know, confidential information for their clients. That doesn't bother me about the law. What's concerning is that within in that bill, I'm sorry, I said law, it's a bill right now at the State House, and the hearing is on Monday for that bill. And what concerns me is the part that says that they want to, they will fine pregnancy resource centers for so-called deceptive advertising pra practices. And that's either by omission or um, doing Co something. Yeah, so the thing is, it's, it's just not specific. So what does that mean? For example, if you Google us on um, the computer, you, you will find, if you Google abortion, Boston mm -hmm. Center for Pregnancy Choices will mm -hmm. come up because we provide abortion education information. I, I always say, you know, our goal is to provide a safe space, and I think we, we have met our goal in doing that with the survey results I mentioned before that our mm -hmm. clients, they all report that we provide a comfortable, safe environment, a non-judgmental environment, but we strive to have a safe space where people can truly decide what their choice is. Do they want to have an abortion? There are certain educational information that's medically reviewed. It's, it's, it's um, very actual, factual information that we will go over if a client wants to know. Mm -hmm. um, and we also go over the possibility of keeping the baby and giving it up for adoption. Or does the client want to keep the baby? And so I say that we're the ones that are truly pro-choice because we have, we, we create a safe space where the woman decides what she wants to and do. And she's not being pressured or, no. or rushed. No, we have strict guidelines against through. that, actually. Because yeah. I've, I've interviewed former abortionists on this show, and uh, they, you know, I remember one lady in Texas, she had done a tremendous amount of abortions before she came out of the pro-life side. And... Uh, she said it's all a game, you know, they walk in, they ask only certain questions, and then they move you along and, and well, get actually, you into a room alone. <laughs> actually, I had an abortion when I was in high school. You did. And I came to Boston to actually have the abortion. Hmm. And what nobody, year, what, what, it was in the late 70s, it was okay. 77 or 78, uh -huh. and no one counseled me at that Planned Parenthood, and I actually wanted to keep the baby but I was being pressured by my boyfriend mm -hmm. to have an abortion. And we see a lot of people like that. We see a lot of people who, who are being pressured by parents, by their boyfriends, or even sadly, some by their pastors to wow. abort the baby. How about peer groups like girlfriends and stuff like that? Do they uh, provide a, a pressure also? It depends. Sometimes we see girlfriends providing support. Sometimes we see them providing pressure, but the biggest single factor is the uh, boyfriend or husband of the individual and what they think and what they want to do. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, you said you had a preemie baby, and I've done shows about uh, uh, when a person has a, an abortion, they're, they're compromised. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's kind of a donut. Uh, it, it gets uh, kind of forced open, so it makes it weaker for the next pregnancy. Yeah, actually, it's one of the factors. I did a lot of research uh, in the library up in Newfoundland when mm. after I had my daughter so premature, and I found, and it was very sad to me to, to discover this, but the research shows that the, an individual who has had an abortion is more likely to have a premature baby. And if you right. look right now, premature babies, the percentage has exploded in this country. Since, uh, since Roe v. Wade. And that's no um, accident. Right. Well, now, there's another bill in the Senate called the Senate Bill 174. Is that just a, a mere copy of the other bill? Yes. Uh, it, it is. It's a mere copy of the other bill. Right. So you know, we'll see what happens. Um, if I, I would hope that those bills just die in committee. Right. If they are passed, I would wait to see what happens in terms of, you know, again, how would you define deceptive advertising practices? We don't advertise that we provide abortions. In fact, on our intake forms, we have at the bottom that we do not provide abortions. Um, but as I said, if, if you go on our website, we provide options. Counseling is one of those options. Abortion, yes. We provide medical information about different abortions and when you know, you would be at risk if you take the abortion mm -hmm. pill versus having a, a more medical procedural abortion. Um, and it's very important for women to know before they actually consider what to do, what their options are. I, when I went to Planned Parenthood, I never was asked, you know, would you Anything. like to keep your baby? What about giving the baby up for adoption? Um, which is why when, when women do decide to keep their baby and they have gone to a Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood sends them up to us because they don't provide the material resources and the other resources that the pregnancy resource centers do. Right. Now, I know Alan Parker, Jr., who has, he says that abortion should not be necessary for anybody uh, because you can just uh, give the baby up a couple of days after birth and put it at a fire station. Or, and in all 50 states, they have this. Uh, yeah, I uh, think that. The and, I mean, is it really being utilized here in Massachusetts or no? I would say no. And, and, you know, the issue is that um, people are afraid to have the baby for a variety of different reasons, even to be able to, to go through that process. So the abortion seems like it's the easiest out. However, we deal with the fallout of that when we see women who are some, this is the extreme, but so anguished about their abortion that they want to kill themselves. The other extreme is decades later, 
you know, realizing, wow, my whole life I've carried this guilt. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad. So we try to, we have a um, program called Forgiven and Set Free mm -hmm. that really is freeing. I've gone through it I myself. See. Oh, very good. Well, Diana O'Toole, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with those hearings coming up. Thank you. And hopefully things, people will use common sense and look out for both the mother and the baby uh, in, if, if it were to become legislation. Thanks okay. so much. And Thank folks, you. we hope you enjoyed uh, Life Matters today and found it to be unique, informative, content-rich, truthful, and thought-provoking. Thanks for watching and listening. My name is Brendan O'Connell, your friend for life. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119. Attention WBCA LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.